as we progress in our life, we actually gather more experience, more wisdom, more insight. Yes. And with that, if we allow ourselves, it helps us to cross those bridges more effectively and easily. So we will be- Or the longer bridges, maybe. <laughs> sometimes longer bridges, sometimes right. harder bridges. Yes. Sometimes more rickety bridges. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's we don't know what, what that journey is going to be, but the awareness that we have these resources inside of ourselves is so important in terms of the hope and the vision of knowing that we can move across another bridge. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and I really appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever as always i encourage you to follow us on our social media channels uh we're on twitter instagram and facebook under the handle the audacious pod or if you're watching this episode on youtube uh, you can subscribe to our channel simply by tapping uh that bell down below and staying connected to all good things audacious related and i got a question for you have you ever had that stuck in the rut feeling? You know, when things just don't seem to be moving forward or there's any the progress that you like, um, you know, and we could be talking about your career, relationship, or even where you're at personally. Being stuck is something you may not even notice at first. You know, these feelings often build slowly over time. You know, day after day, you might follow the same routines. And eventually it feels like less that you're working towards something and more like you're just kind of killing time. You know, the biggest sign that you're stuck in a rut is that it feels like your life is on a, a negative loop. You know, you, you and each, you, you end it each and every day feeling tired or run down or you even start the day that same way. Nothing excites you, nothing challenges you, and you can't even remember the last time you had your full joy or experience full joy. And listen, I definitely can relate and been there, and I've been there a few times over my life, and, and I know what it's like. The thing that I also know is that we have to keep moving forward because there is greatness on the other side, and we have to go after it. We're going to spend some time talking about uh, being stuck in a rut on this edition of the Audacious Living Podcast and how we can get unstuck and get ourselves out of that situation. I've got Susie Hayes joining to help break down the topic and provide some strategies on how we can get ourselves out of that miserable state that robs our existence and, and, and suck the life out of us. And so uh, I think Susie has a lot of great perspectives and insights. She's a psychotherapist, a life and business coach, a hypnotist, a teacher, speaker, and the author of the book, Freed from Stuck. Uh, the title is Freed from Stuck, Dare to Cross the Bridge Beyond Grief, Trauma, and Self-Sabotage to Discover Lasting Change Now. Uh, really is a, a great 
topic, a great conversation to have. And I really, truly, really do think you'll appreciate hearing what Susie has to offer. So the stage is set. We're ready to go. And I think it's time to jump into our, my conversation with Susie Hayes. Enjoy. Susie, thank you for joining me today on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure for you to be here with me today. Thank you so much, Audley. It is a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. I, it, it, I, and, and, and I love these conversations because, uh, you know, we're here on this podcast, we spend so much time really just encouraging, uh, you know, th- th- this audacious way of living, if you will, and, and individuals to live their best audacious lives ever. And, 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 I, and I think when, when, when individuals can do that, they can soar and achieve all sorts of great things, and not only for themselves, but the people around them. But it starts with ourselves. And, and one of those things that we need to be able to do is something you talk a lot about is unstucking ourselves or getting freed from, from unstuck. And so maybe as a, a, a starting point, maybe I can get you to sort of talk about uh, that philosophy that you've developed, that you share, and that you are obviously quite passionate about. Yes. Uh, the Freed from Stuck is actually the title of my book, which I actually never intended on writing. (laughs) Uh, But what happened was a colleague of mine had, uh, I ran into him and he was starting a publishing company and he said, you have a book in you. And I said, no, I don't have a book in me because I had watched people really be tortured in that Mm. process. And it was simply nothing I was ever interested in. And he said, well, give me an hour and a half. And with that, I'll find that book in you. And I said, well, I'll give you an hour and a half. At the end of that conversation, what came out of that was that I realized for all of the years and the many facets of my work, that's what I had been doing. I had been helping people become freed from stuck. So we put together uh, this five method structure, Mm -hmm. which is an acronym of F-R-E-E-D. And the metaphor is a bridge of moving from stuck to freed from stuck. Okay. And these five elements are really essential if we are going to not only become freed from stuck, but if we are going to stay freed from stuck and move beyond that. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, the elements are F is face the bridge, which means identifying really what the unmet need is, what the pain point is, what the fear is. Yes. And the R is recognize the bridge, which is about looking across the bridge and having a vision of where you know your life can be, where you yes. want it to be. And the more that that vision is emotionally charged, mm-hmm. the more effective it will be in terms of that journey from stuck to free from stuck. Right. The E is about embracing the bridge, which is really about cultivating a strategy, a plan, looking at what's going on and determining what needs to change in order to cross the bridge to freed from stuck. Mm -hmm. The second E is exit the bridge, which is the one element that we often don't really talk about in the change process. And that is grieving that part of what needs to happen when we're changing is that we have to let go of what is no longer serving us, Mm. whether it's 
a belief one. system, a habit, a relationship, yeah. a work setting, right. an environment, whatever it is. And even if we deliberately and thoughtfully make that choice because we know that it's in our best interest, we have to appreciate there's going to be some element of grief in that. Right. And then the D, which is arriving at the destination, and in arriving at the destination, we also discover in that journey something about our destiny, our purposefulness, our mm -hmm. gifts, our resilience. And at that point, we also realize that, in fact, life will bring us another bridge to cross. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the bridge analogy because, uh, first off, it's a great imagery in terms of, you know, the whole idea of point A to point B. So there's a destination. But the, the journey piece really stands out to me, right, Susie? That, you know, it, this is a journey. I love the fact that you identified the fact there could be another bridge because that suggests that the journey is ongoing. It's, it's going to continue. And in this moment, this, this, this obstacle you're trying to get to the other side of by way of a bridge is what's in front of you, but there will be others. And I think that's a really, really significant point. Yes, thank you. It is. And the good news in that, oddly, is that as we progress in our life, we actually gather more experience, more wisdom, more insight. Yes. And with that, if we allow ourselves, it helps us to cross those bridges more effectively and easily. So we will be- Or the longer bridges, maybe. <laughs> sometimes longer bridges, sometimes right. harder bridges. Yes. Sometimes more rickety bridges. <laughs> Um, yes, yes. You know, it's we don't know what what that journey is going to be, but the awareness that we have these resources inside of ourselves is so important in terms of the hope and the vision of knowing that we can move across another bridge. Yeah, ho hope is a big one and a really big part of this. Absolutely, Susie, because uh, you know, if you you've got to believe, you've got to have the hope to believe that you can get to the other side. And I think for a, a, a lot of people, that oftentimes is where the biggest struggle is, is to maintain that, that sense of hope, at least, if you will. Yes, and, and I think there are two factors that are really important in that. One is that we need to have a realistic but open plan for okay. getting to where we want. In other words, if we're thoughtfully considering how to really best get there. That helps us rather than just say, well, I'll just kind of figure it out as I go along. The other piece that is really important is to have accountability because very often we need that external support. And for those of us who tend to be more independent and self-sufficient, sometimes that's hard, but it can make all the difference if we have someone that is not policing us Right. But it's coming alongside of us to support us in the journey. And mm -hmm. that will help us in that process of getting across the bridge. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you talked earlier about the different bridges that we, 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 we cross. And it, it does get easier as you go along. And I, oftentimes I'll talk about uh, the fact that, you know, we you know, keep, keep track of our, our, our wins, our successes, uh, our achievements, because those things will help push you forward. Because it's almost like I've been in this similar situation before. And I did this. So why can't I use the same strategy, game plan, mindset to do across it again? And so it, it does become easier, although it's still hard. Absolutely. And 
that's, I think, what is useful in this structure is that it gives you the basic foundation, right. but each new challenge is part of our growth process. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that in the change process, as we're doing it well, yes. the transformation isn't just about reaching the goal. It's mm-hmm. also about the changes that take place inside of us, that we come more into alignment with what I call our soul's blueprint. We come more in alignment with the joy and the peace and the contentment and the satisfaction that we're meant to experience in life. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so the, the blueprint, I want you, I want you to explain. I've never heard that. You, you, you Satisfaction blueprint? I call it the soul's blueprint blueprint, in that I believe that we have, each of us have come to the planet with what I call our soul's blueprint, which is a basic kind of internal structure. Part of it is about our personality, but it's about how we arrive here and our purposefulness in life. We get stuck when we're out of alignment with that. So if we are in alignment with our soul's blueprint, we know who we are, we know our values, we know what is purposeful in our life, we know how we want to contribute, the quality of our life is so much greater and so much more satisfying. Yeah. Uh, You you, you talked about being out of alignment with our our soul's blueprint as one of the reasons why we can get stuck. Uh, And there's a whole bunch of that. I want to to touch on a a couple because I think there are a a lot of sort of common ones within within individuals. And and the first one I want to get your thoughts on is uh, uh, those experiences that happen in, in our childhood. Um, you'll oftentimes hear um, that, you know, things that happen to individuals when they're quite young that have stayed with them, they're unresolved, and that fall all the way to their, to, to their, their adulthood, if you will, uh, but those issues are still there. I wonder, sir, I wonder what, Susie, if you sort of talk about uh, those types of challenges in terms of, and, 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 you know, and, and why they keep you so unstuck as they are. That is a really good point. And um, it's very, very important that we appreciate that we are where we are today because of our history Mm. and particularly our early history, because that's when our sense of self and our values are being formed. And so if we have experiences such as trauma, loss, um, uh, broken homes, abuse, right. any of those kinds of experiences that have essentially wounded us and created fear in our life. We must attend to those and those need to be honored and looked at and healed mm-hmm. in order for us to be able to live in the present in knowing that we are worthy and we deserve a quality of life because those early experiences and those earlier beliefs that taught us that we were not deserving or we were less than or we were not capable those beliefs no longer serve us in moving forward right right and 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 being able to recognize it well well, i think the the acknowledgement is where it starts so you've got to be able to acknowledge and and there's some that can and then there's some that can't and uh i've got no numbers to support this but I, i oftentimes think that most people know when that trauma started at that young age, most people know they just don't want to identify it or recognize or make that connection. Again, I've got nothing to support my theory, but that's just generally kind of, I think people oftentimes know where it started. Yes, I think they have some indicator. 
Okay. Because that's how our mind is designed. We're designed to uh, protect ourselves. Right. And so wherever there's a, a pain point in our life, we do remember those and we tend then to set up different protective processes mm. in our thoughts or emotions to, to protect us or sometimes even to avoid those situations. Interestingly enough, we often recreate them not because they're comfortable or that we want them, but because they're familiar to us. Right. And so when it's familiar, we, we, we know how to navigate what's familiar. Right. So even if, even if it's painful, even if it's painful, even if it's self-sabotaging, even if it's destructive, that sounds uh, so wild, because doesn't we it? don't know a different, we don't know a different <laughs> way. So right, we, right. we go to the default pattern, right. particularly if it's entrenched historically, yes. and particularly if it's also entrenched and unconscious. Right, right. It just sounds so wild when you think about it. Like this, I know this isn't good for me. I know this is going to cause me pain, but I'm going to go to it anyways. Yeah. And it just, you're like, huh? <laughs> so so and, and and what where that sort of takes me is sort of the patterns those recurring patterns that that, that that people kind of fall into that could be kind of one of the reasons why that is because it's familiar then is that what you're absolutely yeah well said absolutely yeah 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 and, and, and again and we all have that person that we know that's like they're doing this again like why like we've already been down this road five times why again but it's just <laughs> And sometimes we see that person in the mirror. <laughs> I love it. Very true. Very, very I know true. better than this. What am I doing? That's it. That's it. No, I love it. I love it. So, so, yeah. so I think this naturally flows into that process, the, 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 the process of change, right? Because if you, 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 you're in these patterns, you don't like them. They're painful. They hurt. You want to do something different and you know you've got to change. But it's one thing just to change, Susie, but the other part is to maintain that and, and, and sustain that over a, a long period of time or, or, or a period of time, rather. Um, what sort of I don't know, ideas, thoughts, or strategies around how you sustain change, I guess, maybe that's what I want, what I want to find out from you. That is a really excellent question. And I think it's probably one of the greatest challenges in the change mm. process, particularly at the front end of a change. Yeah. Yep. Like we can arrive at a goal, like it could be an accomplishment or be a health issue or whatever. Yes. But to sustain the patterns and the habits that brought us to that point of success or satisfaction, right. again, I think comes back to accountability. And, mm -hmm. and by that, I mean accountability externally okay. as that pattern is being integrated internally. So okay. we don't want to be reliant upon other people or situations to keep us moving forward. But it is part of the integration process and the learning process and how our brains work. Right. Because even with a habit change, and I think this is really important for people to appreciate that habits don't go away. Habit <laughs> patterns don't go away. No. We wish that they would, but they don't because that's how, again, our survival instincts work. Right. So whenever we are in areas of higher stress, 
oftentimes people that are in grief or loss or trauma or uncertainty, it is important to compassionately remember that there is that option of returning to the default pattern. Yeah. Right. And so what we want to be able to do is we want to recognize that as a realistic part of the change process, because it's not about perfection, right? Right. And we also then, when we find ourselves returning to a default pattern, is to realign back with what we know to be true about ourselves and about what we want, and to carry on again with the pattern or the habit that is um, moving us forward in the direction that we want to go. Right, right. Well, and and sometimes you know, the, the 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 default that we fall back to, you know, could be a, a blip on the radar, right? And and again, I'm, I'm very glad you talked about you know not chasing perfection because uh, you know that that just just unrealistic. Uh, but this is where sort of the, the the wider perspective has to come into play, where you're like, okay this happened. It doesn't make who I am. It doesn't identify me. Yes, this was a blip. I still can move forward. And I think we're, where you, you mentioned compassion, but compassion with ourselves and forgiving ourselves too, instead of beating ourselves up and, oh, well, forget this. I can't do it and, and throw, the, you know, throw everything away because we've got to get some grace for our own selves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you and I both know if there's anything that we need where we are, on this planet is we need greater compassion. We need forgiveness and we need that externally. And we also need that internally in terms of our own inner journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, I I think once you can be uh, exercise that for yourself, it's, it it should be easier for others. No, like, I mean, (laughs) absolutely. And very often we, if we withhold that from ourselves, it makes it very, very difficult, if not impossible, to forgive others. And yeah, I, I just, I just don't see how it can. If you can't forgive yourself, then you know, extending out the others is almost impossible to a certain degree. Yeah. By the same token, you've probably mm-hmm. observed that there are some people who are more compassionate and patient with other people than they are with themselves. Mm-hmm. So it can work that way, but it's right. usually not very sustainable. Right, right, and, and and that's a big one. I think everything everything we're talking about thus far, uh, it, it's got to feed back to that sustainability piece, right? And yeah. um, even going back when you talked about you know cro- you know the bridge and getting the other side, uh, you know, not going back, you know, going forward. So, it, so it's all that's all part of that sustainable move forward. I'm trying to get better process, and when you're not doing that, um, that's where the hindrance really comes in. Yes. Yeah. And you know, another element that I Uh think is important in our journey is a sense of humor. (laughs) You know, I mean, we, sometimes we have to just step back and look at how we are as, as human beings. And like you were saying earlier, why am I doing what I'm doing? Sometimes we have to have a sense of humor and say, you know, we don't always understand it, but we keep moving forward. You know, we keep, figuring it out. And, yeah. and how about if we're a little bit more lighthearted in the journey? Yeah. So for me, the part that really stands when you, when you mentioned, when you talk about being lighthearted and sense of humor, it, it's, it ties in for me. So that, that conversation that we have with ourselves on the inside, 
So it's only you and your voice, only you and your head. And you, you know, that's all that no one else is around. And, and, and how are you speaking to yourself? Are you forgiving yourself? Are you, you know, are you, are you being very serious? Like, you know, what is it that you're doing? Uh, because I find that the way you, you, that, that inward sort of conversation dialogue goes, uh, that can impact what happens on the outside. Absolutely. And uh, there really is a, way of un- understanding the internal structure that can be very useful okay. if we if we appreciate that in fact there are parts of ourselves so i don't know if if you've ever noticed in conversation someone will say well do you want to do such and such and someone will say well part of me wants to do this and part of me wants to do that that's really true like there are two parts often in opposition right developed for the intention of self-care and the intention of pleasure but they are in conflict and this is where the stuckness can really reside in our head right so part of what can be really useful is having an internal dialogue with those parts understanding that each part even when it has self-destructive um results Mm -hmm. the intention is never to be self-destructive right so we develop compassion even toward those parts of ourselves say if we have a really critical part of ourselves, we develop compassion toward that critical part because that critical part is trying to keep us in line it's yes. trying to direct us to where we need to go. Right. Wants but the best often, for us, right? Wants the best yes, for us. Yes, right. it has the best of intentions. But there's also very much a part of us that says, I don't like being bossed around, <laughs> right? And so you get those parts in your head having a, a fight, not a conversation, but a fight, and you're, you're stuck. You're stuck right. in that conversation. So very often we need to draw upon another part of ourself to step in as mediator, to extend compassion, and to open up a conversation of resolution where these conflicting parts can come together, understanding their mutual intention. Right, right. And, and again, that, that intention is wanting the best for you. Uh, just, di- just different pathways of getting there, really what we're talking about here. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, as you were talking, the, the, the imagery I had is you know, you've got almost like you've got these two lawyers and you got a judge coming in to say, hey, like, you know, let's let's find some let's mediate this and find common ground. Right. But um, I think there's some real, real, real truth to that, Susie, like in terms of what's happening for us on the inside. Um, but there's an aspect of that. It's equally important is being cognizant of what's happening. So as opposed to just kind of being along for the ride, being a part of the ride um, that you have. And, and I think that enables you to have a bit of control and perhaps can do a little to get you unstuck a bit, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And and it it requires introspection. Hmm. And I always say to people, you know, if we're going to work together. You need to just know we're not going to water ski. We're going to deep dive right? because that's where the treasures are. That's where yes. the richness of what's going on in our own inner world is. And <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> that's where we need to go to be able to get clear about what's really going on inside of us. 
Got you. Got you. Susie, what, what landed you in this work that you're doing here now? I mean, it, it's, it's, cl it's clear that you've got a long uh, and read a little bit about your background. You've done lots of different sort of types of work. And it's sort of it's, what it seems like um, uh, it's everything's kind of pointed in this direction. And I think what oftentimes happens, is I can speak certainly in my case, you sort of get to a point where you look back and you sort of connect the dots as to all the different things you've done and where they led you here. And I'm just curious uh, what that was like for you in, in terms of how you got to this point. Professionally, how I came into the work that I'm doing now as a, uh, a counselor, a coach, a hypnotist, uh, even my speaking and my writing are really all of a result of a pivotal point in my journey when I was in graduate school. Okay. And I was actually completing my master's in education at seminary. And I was sitting in chapel one day and the speaker said, <clears throat> pardon me, the speaker said, uh, with Jesus, you're never alone. And I remember sitting there and saying to myself, well, then why the hell do I feel so alone? <laughs> and I got up and I walked out of the chapel and I walked outside to, um, the lobby area and there was one of the professors from the counseling department and I said to him I need to talk to you mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of my personal journey in my own therapy and I was so intrigued and so amazed at the transformation of that process right. that I actually stayed and got an additional master's in counseling and that kind of changed the trajectory of my work and changed my focus. I had always had an interest in psychology, but to really be able to work with people at that deeper level right. has been very, very satisfying. And uh, the satisfaction piece, I, I mean, I, I certainly can relate to that because I've been in situations as well too, where you, 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 you're getting something you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much this charges me, how much excites me, how much it, it motivates you to keep going, right? And so uh, certainly can, can, can relate to that. Um, uh, the hypnotist, hypnotist aspect of your work, how, how did that feed into that? And, 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 where, and where does it help you now? I actually, again, came into that out of my own journey um i'm i'm an ongoing isn't, isn't that how it goes susie is now it just goes <laughs> yes i mean i just have it i have an insatiable curiosity i love to learn and i at that point personally for me i i was struggling with my weight and i said there's got to be an easier way to do this we're not created to struggle like this and this was right prior to my understanding that foundational free from stuck. So I did some of my own personal coaching in relationship with hypnosis. Okay. And so I went on to get trained in hypnosis and in NLP okay. and add, added it basically to my toolbox. Got you. And there you go. And it fit. And it, fit. <laughs> and it was a great fit. And, and it's very powerful in that, it allows access at the unconscious level in a way that is safe okay. and transformative because you can address the challenges, the fear, the pain points at that level and, and unlock 
the beliefs or the emotions right. that are are holding someone back, especially if it's unconscious. Right, right, and 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 that, and, and that thing that's keeping them stuck, right? Like yes. you can you can unearth that a little bit. Yep. Um, what are what are some more common things that you think are holding people back, or is there is there I mean, I would imagine there's a whole bunch of things, right? So it's not just one, but there's a whole bunch of different things that, and we're all different. So we all uh, impact or react, you know, react to situations differently, impacts us differently. Uh, is, is there common one or two that you've seen in your journeys? I think that probably um, where it often is experienced or that we're aware of it are in issues of trauma, self-sabotage, grief, procrastination. Um, those are kind of the biggies that people will identify in themselves. I would say oddly that the, foundationally what it really is, is about that some aspect of ourself is living in fear. Mm. And we live in a climate now on our planet that perpetuates fear. So people are more vulnerable to being frozen in some state of, of trying to manage trauma, either through fight or flight or freeze. We know that in terms of the yes. neurological nervous system and how it functions. Right. And so we have to be able to be aware of that and make a decision internally that I am not going to live my life from fear right. because fear is the worst place from a, from which yeah. to make decisions in our life. Absolutely. 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 And, and so we have to move into a place of love, of self-care, of hope, of faith, whatever you mean that to be, mm -hmm. but we have to believe that we can live in a better place a better way and we have to believe that i think also for our planet right. that it is there the potential is there we can create the change both absolutely. internally and externally absolutely as you, as you talk 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 about fear uh certainly where that resonates and and and, and for me is 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 the the impact fear can have on our ability to be audacious and our ability to make these bold risks or chances, if you will. Uh, and, and oftentimes, uh, uh, you know, when you talk something audacious, it, it sounds bigger than what it is, but maybe it's just taking that first step. You know, it's a lot easier to go from, you know, zero to one than zero to a hundred. So to get, there, right. So to get to a hundred, you've got to take that one. And, 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 and so, you know, when fear uh, debilitates us or impacts us in a manner that we can't move forward, then we'll never achieve anything. Right, Susie? Absolutely. And living audaciously isn't about living, um, in risk. It's not about being foolish in our decisions. It's about believing that we can live our life bigger than probably anything we can actually imagine that it is out there for us. And so absolutely to be able to do that. And mm -hmm. sometimes it is the small steps, if not more often than not, right. it's the small steps. That's now, right. you know, there are different schools of thought about mm -hmm. that in terms of the change process. Some say you should just work on one change point and, you know, master that. 
And then others say you should believe in massive transformative change, right? Just blow it up and make it different, right? I believe that both can be true. And the reason I believe that both can be true is because smaller steps are more manageable over the long haul. Absolutely. But sometimes, for example, if we get a diagnosis of cancer, we're going to make massive changes rapidly. Yep. So we can do both. We have to decide in terms of the change process, what's really going to serve us in whatever challenge we're facing. Well, well, and and I I think that that accurately sums it up, Susie, in terms of what steps need to be taken. Uh, It's it's not a a one size fit all. I mean, in your toolbox, you might need a hammer, you might need a wrench, you might need a saw. It depends on that situation. So as opposed to kind of going going and saying, this is what I've got to do, and you've got the answer before you assess the situation, you kind of go in and figure, okay, what needs to be done? What actions do need to be taken and what other things can be, you know, minimized or, or smaller steps, if you will. So it really comes down to reading the full situation, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, the, 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 the change management process on a whole, uh, I, I think is there's so much. It, it, you know what? It, it just sounds scary, I think, to people more than, the, you know, and bigger than what it is in terms of I, I've got to change now and, I, and I've got to go through this process. But really, the, the process itself is just sort of taking some time. And I just talked about assessing the situation, right? It's uh, assessing what you have in front of you and then making and, 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 and deciding accordingly. But the, the, the and, 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 and I think what I'm doing is I'm really simplifying it, but it sort of helped, to, but more sort of help frame things is it's, it's assessing the situation, figuring out the next steps, and then that sustainability piece. Um, is there another aspect in the process that maybe needs to, it's important for people to stand out people's mind and in terms of how they include that in their everyday life or actions? Or is it as simple as you figure it out, make the decision and do it? Like, <laughs> Oh, if it were that easy, if it were that easy, you and I would have nothing to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is not that easy. Yep. And part of it is that we, we must trust and appreciate our own internal resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have the intelligence, I have the creativity, I have the intuition, I have the intellectual capacity, I have all of these resources with which I was born and those that I cultivated and learned along the way to be able to figure that out. That's really important that we access that and we're clear about that. Yes. And it also means that sometimes we have to gather to ourselves external resources. Right. You know, if I'm going to say remodel a home, uh, depending on what my skills might be, I'm going to hire a carpenter and I'm going to hire an right. interior design person and a painter and an electrician because they have the skills that can help me. So sometimes we have to access external resources to really get a good, solid, clear plan in place. And that's particularly important if there are elements of deep pain or trauma or fear that are keeping us from being able to 
fully access those internal resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I love the fact that you, you, you identified creativity as an important aspect of this process because uh, when you're when you're when you're faced with something, you know you got to think out of the box. I don't even think you need to, there should be a box, but you got to think in that way where there's no barriers, there's no you're just you're, you're thinking free flowingly. So it's really important that we maintain that sort of creative edge because that is, is is a real useful tool. From, for a problem solving standpoint. Absolutely. And, you know, I have always said that one of the greatest gifts that my father gave to me was the capacity to ask questions mm. and to ask good questions. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We can ask questions that just keep us, you know, spinning around and around on the journal yes. wheel. But yes. when we start to ask really good questions, which is again, why sometimes it's important to have someone else there and present to ask fresh questions, new questions, different perspectives. But it's really important because there is such a relationship between creativity and curiosity. Yes. And so as we're curious, it stimulates our creativity, opens up our mind and allows us to consider options that we might not otherwise have considered. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, when we talk about getting unstuck that is that is key right and so if you especially when you get in a situation Susie where it just looks so bleak and it looks so there's you know there's no end in sight you absolutely need to be able to tap into our creativity or that creative juices inside of us or, or the inquisitiveness to ask questions or whatever that is to be able to think okay there is a way out of this situation and what does that look like yes yeah, yeah. oh man this is awesome Susie this, I, I've really really ha- enjoy this dialogue with you uh, around again just get, I mean it's sure we talked about change and and being freed from stock and uh, uh and, and how that's so critical I, I love the bridge analogy um you know the f and facing the bridge it's so so important because sometimes we're you know we're not looking at the right bridge right so you want to make sure that we're facing that right bridge to get where we want to go to um uh never mind the r stands for recognize the recognize bridge, which it. is to recognize the vision on the other side of the bridge. Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's something that you said with respect to making, you know, having our emotionally charged, right? Yes. And, and yeah. how important that is, because when, you know, if we're excited about it, let's say, for example, we're excited about it, we're looking forward to it, that can help sustain us to kind of move forward, right? It, it does. And part of what the challenge of, you referred to it earlier in terms of it being a process. Yeah particularly if it's a long haul, right? Like we know it's going to take a while to get there. If someone is in, you know, significant debt and they're trying to find their way out of that, it's going to take a little, a little while. And so part of what is so important is that we keep that vision of where we want to be, how we want to live, who we are in the forefront. And the more vivid that is, and the more emotionally charged it is, it provides a point of light for us to walk across that bridge. If we don't have a sense of that, then it's much, much harder to move in that change process. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's great. I, I, I think it's great. I, again, I, like I said earlier, I love the analogy of the image of the bridge. I think that's, that uh, is beautiful and gives a, a clear picture on what we have to do, right? And it's across that cavernous 
you know, uh, the, the, the gap in between us, and we've got to use that bridge to get there. So uh, thank you for that. Susie, for, for, for our listeners who, who, who've been uh, listening to our conversation and enjoying uh, what they heard and, and, and want to learn more about you or catch up with you, where can we send them? You can send them to my website, which is freedfromstuck.com. Awesome. And, and, and that's also the name of your book that you uh, yeah. So I, I just happen to have a good. Of my book right here. <laughs> kind it. of glaring, but, that, but that's it. There we go. There we go. There we go. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and, and again, there's just so many uh, wonderful aspects. Uh, we even touched on faith, for example, and, and how significant faith, our, you know, our own faith is to, 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 to getting through situations and, you know, hope as well, but faith is a bit different. Uh, certainly divine intervention is a piece of that for a lot of people as well. And so, you know, faith, the hope, the belief, we talked about intelligence, curiosity, all of these things can feed into us being able to uh, get to the other side of that bridge. So, so thank you so much, Susie. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Great. See you soon. Take care. You too. Back we are on the podcast. I really want to send my thanks and appreciation to Susie for, for being here and, and sharing uh, valuable insights on the process of getting unstuck. You know, like I said, that bridge analogy is a great one and it provides a fantastic illustration uh, what the, of what the process actually looks like. And uh, I really think, again, I, Susie hit the, nail, hit the nail on the head. Uh, to our listeners, I encourage you to check out her book, Freed from Stuck. Uh, again, it's over at at uh, her website at suzyhaysnow.com and also check out uh, her site. She's got a lot of great resources uh, and information as well. You know, when I think back to my conversation with Susie, she really left us with a lot of great points. But if there's just one thing that I would take from our chat, it would be this. We've all experienced at one point or another that stuck in the mud feeling where no matter what you do, you fail to make any forward progress. You know, think of a car being stuck in the mud or snow or no matter, and again, no matter how hard or how many times you try to get out by hitting that accelerator, your wheels just keep spinning. That's how it feels to be stuck in a rut. And while it's easy to say, uh, and it's really easy to see where that hopeless feeling can, can set in, Perhaps you're feeling stuck in your personal life, or maybe you feel that your career is at a dead end, and, and but you're too far along to make a change. Feeling stuck can be a difficult place to be. However, there are ways you can get yourself out. Switch up your routine by trying new and, and different things. Practice mindfulness to stay in the moment and accept the present rather than thinking of the past or what could have been. The other thing you can do is practice gratitude and that helps you because you're focusing on what you're grateful for. And by doing so, you show yourself that you don't need special events or big extravagant occasions in order to feel happy. And your ability to thrive isn't dependent upon your circumstances. It's based on your mindset and your ability to live an audacious life. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so simply by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com and entering your email address and you'll be alerted every time brand new content comes out. We've sadly reached the end of another episode of the Audacious Living Podcast, and I send a shout out and thanks uh, to the outstanding listeners and viewers. Uh, you are truly, truly appreciated and uh, the support helps keep this thing going. Until next time, stay safe. Be kind, show love to one another, 
and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.